The following podcast contains adult themes and adult language. Listener discretion advised. And although we joke, if you or someone you know is affected by or a victim of domestic violence, dial 1-800-799-7233 or visit the National Domestic Violence Hotline's website, thehotline.org. It's always the it's always the husband. It's always the husband. I'm on Hi, everyone. This is Sarah. Hi, this is Megan. You are listening to It's Always the Husband podcast. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. This is our 14th start of the night. It is. <laughs> it We've is. had a rough time even just saying. Our names in the name of our podcast. Mm -hmm. And that tells you the kind of day that we've had. It was a rough day for me at the deodorant factory. One of the roughest yet. I had a really tough day making it through. Um, I'm coming off of a three-day bender in Las Vegas, Nevada. So we had different quality days. We had a different quality of a day right but we're doing this now so that's in the past my (laughs) extreme anger agitation lack of patience rage depression hulk like manifestation disappointment in humankind Mm -hmm. i'm going to put that to the side (laughs) and try to give you a quality piss poor show because, like I said before, my best is really shitty. It's pretty bad. Yeah. But it's still your best. It's still my best. I'm still trying my best, but it's just, you know, pure shit. Yeah. Well. And I mean, you know what? We all we have some be... Patreon, so somebody yeah. must like your horse. We do shit have content. a new Patreon, Tanya Mata, I want to say. Welcome. Hello, Tanya Mata. And I realized we have a lot of Patreons from Ohio. <sighs> What's going on in? I don't know. They oh, like it H- in Ohio. H- I- o- Ohio, USA. Our At first, they f- called yeah. it Cincy, but since Cincy is so naughty, my what sister. What the hell is that? <laughs> my sister's singing along with me right now. Oh God! It's from Babes in Toyland with oh. Keanu Reeves. Oh God! Yep. They named it Cincinnati, so they say. Talk the about girls are pretty, just pretty a shit in this show. pretty little city. The fellas are the feistiest I've seen. When they say feisty, do they mean something else? I don't know. Um, I've never been to Ohio. I don't have Oh, H-I-O. Um, Ohio, you I don't know. I must have driven through or something. I don't know. I guess I don't. It seems lovely. I know Cincinnati and Columbus. Sure. And Columbus was family ties, wasn't it? Na, 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 na. Yeah. I don't know, but I've never been there. So fun. Maybe we could in Illinois when we take our podcast on the road. Sure, we're gonna stop in Ohio. We're just like in a cornfield, and it will just be us in some shitty van and our equipment, and probably not a shitty van, Sarah. My van is the nicest thing I own. You do have a nice van. That's true. We will take that motherfucker. Yeah, I forgot you do have a cruise. Yeah, you do. We did learn that our beloved Harringtons are not brothers 
from they are Dynasty. young yes. marrieds. They're young marrieds. They're oh. going to have their fifth anniversary this Yay. summer. So welcome. We love you both, Zachary and Thomas. And they're from Minnesota. So they have terrible accents like us, I bet. Oh, my God. And we yeah. laughed so hard. That they did a TikTok for us. I know. We were dying. We died of laughter. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. You were gay and married. But, but not, not brothers. brothers. Absolutely not. <laughs> this is Minnesota, not Arkansas. Sorry, Arkansas. Oh, gosh. All right. So we have quite, I don't even know how to explain this juicy of a show. It is a forensic files. And I did watch mm. the forensic files of this too. But we watched the scorned love kills. Yeah. Which has absolutely terrible reenactments mm-hmm. that are a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, a terrible, what I, what really got me, what sucked me in was the opening credit when they made it seem like oh, yes. a white snake video, which made me sad for Tawny Katane. It does. I wrote it in the notes because I was like, they have a big haired woman. Of course. And it's like a heavy metal song like scorn love that's gonna take you down and then a knife comes through it's extremely dramatic show yeah and it looks like a slayer absolutely but it says scorn yes so this scorned again i did not even try to write down season or episode did you do that no clue it is called afternoon delight which is i think actually it was season one episode five something like that so look at season one afternoon delight the Forensic Files was called South, South of, the of the Border. So you've probably seen that one if yep. you're a Forensic Files fan. And so you'd kind of know the story. It's a, like I said, it is a doozy of shit brains. That's for <laughs> sure. And ego, poop brain, um, uh, hor- dumbassery, and, and dumbassery, nightmare, horror, and awfulness. Yeah awfulness where i just have question marks over my whole notes a thousand times this one set in 1991 right so i was a 10th grader 11th grader yeah just probably looking so charming and lovely <laughs> I, I, am, I am pretty sure you were a hideous yeah Probably not as hideous as the clothes I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing, um, mm. like, if you go to the morgue and ask for what the corpse was wearing, <laughs> like, that's what I do. I just go to different morgues and say, can I have what the Jane Doe that was just brought in? Can I look at her clothes? And then they say, ma'am, go over there. And then I look, there's a hanger, and you can look through and take the clothes off the Jane and John Doe's. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wear to work and out about. <laughs> Dear <what> listeners, <laughs> I've tried for 15 years to dress and redress Sarah. Say, and she are will you wearing corpse number one? Not. I say, nope, I'm wearing corpse number 16. She will yeah. not take a hint. No. Or Sometimes direct yeah, or no. a, even a direct command yeah Yeah. that says get those fucking socks off right now and put on different ones sometimes she just ignores um when i was in las vegas uh with tiffany who we've talked about frequently on the podcast she's one of our dear listeners and a friend since childhood and we played barbies together for much too long um but she 
was like, Megan, you should blow dry my hair so it's straight, right? Because she has like naturally curly hair yeah. like me and it's really coarse like mine. And so, and I was like, yeah, I'll get that motherfucker straight, right? So I'd done like two, you know, maybe 10 minutes of her hair. And she was like, all right, Megan, you've, you've got to get in the shower. And I was like, um, Tiffany, I'm not fucking getting in the shower. I'm doing you here. And she's like, but we're not going to make it. And I said, I know you don't like this, Tiffany. You're trying, she was like trying to get me to stop doing her hair because she didn't like me doing it, but she was trying to say it in a nice did way. Did it end like, up being instead, straight? Fuck yes, it did. And so I said, I'm not quitting. I know you don't like this. And then as soon, and she tried to get me to stop two times. She kept saying, oh, but you should go take a shower now. And I was like, no, I'm not stopping until your hair is dry. And so then she, there's mirrors all over our, our room course, in Las Vegas, which Vegas. was so um, pleasing to yeah. me, just joking. And um, so she turned and looked and she was like, holy shit. My hair is really straight. You're right. Maybe I need to try harder. And I was like, yeah, you need to. Dry. She doesn't dry it until it gets all the way dry. And then it gets curly. Well, then you're fucked. Yes. Yeah, curly it hair. gets curly underneath and it gets fluffy. And I, but she didn't want to listen to it. And she didn't, she certainly didn't want me to do it. But you guys. We fight you on your advice. You all fight the time. me. And we should just listen. You know my shirt says yeah. I may be wrong, but I doubt it. That you're that that's, is that's correct. My mantra, bitches. That's correct. So in 1991, again, I was looking. Just I can't even imagine. We found out about Jeffrey Dahmer. That was oh, all the way in 1991. No. Talk about that. Still, people are horrified and shocked that that actually is. But I mean the things human beings do to each other it should is horrifying and shocking yeah this little tidbit came up and makes no sense it can't i just wrote it down because it was so weird i hadn't seen this before when i do pop culture popular halloween costumes one terminator okay which makes sense because i think terminator two or something was this year yeah freddy krueger Always, um, an, but that's always an excellent Halloween costume. I yeah. feel you just get the striped shirt. You put a butter knife on your tape it to your hand, and there you go, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and then three Scarlet O'Hara. What in the hell? Who's dressing up as Scarlet that's O'Hara for Halloween? Really weird. wearing a big ass, huge puffy dress and. That's not, unless you're slutty Scarlet and it's you could like be a, a slutty short. Scarlet O'Hara. I get that, but that how odd. No one that's dresses really up. odd. Little tiny children coming to your door. Your dress is Scarlet O'Hara and a hoop skirt and a hoop skirt. That just seemed weird. I didn't believe that. Yankees fashion Karen? at the time said was parachute pants, but that's way after its time. I feel way. like parachute pants was like eighty four, eighty five. Ninety one is like boys to men yeah it and said crop tops yeah you wear the crop tops and then like a big flannel over Nirvana, it right? yeah that yeah. said windbreakers too no one wore a windbreaker in, in 91 so i thought that was incorrect i don't know um let me look it up yeah because I, it said the bowl haircut made a comeback no. and i wrote question mark but then i thought remember that buffoon from backstreet boys who was it nick uh. he had a bowl haircut. <laughs> He did have that big bowl haircut, and he split it down the middle. He's right there. He would have looked better with Paul Bunyan's pubes taped to his head than that hairdo. 
total buffoon. No, the 90s is like Saved by the Bell, like of Slater and Zach Morris. They didn't have bulk. They this had, was like, a complete fool writing this yeah. article. But famous marrieds in 1991. Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold got married. Remember how oh. they were just... And, that was all the pop culture with those two dicks. Yeah. John Travolta married Kelly Preston. Oh, mm. that's just a mess and a half from yeah. the start. They um, made it all the way. Yeah, until they did. She died. Liz Taylor married Larry Fortensky. Oh my god, I remember yeah. this. He had some hair. He had big hair, big bangs. And he must have had something else and big I'm- for Liz Taylor <laughs> to want to marry this weird fool. Yes. Richard Gere married Cindy Crawford. Mm, Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. She was, uh, still is, stunning. Yeah, she was 90s. I was doing Cindy Crawford's workout. 90s. Yeah. For sure Her workout 91. is the best. Work- Her first oh. workout tape is the best workout tape there is. I kicked my you legs gotta do back it. so yeah. far. Oh, it was great. I think it totally got a review, don't do this, because... <laughs> gonna fuck up your body yeah but i did it every day god i love that tape i wore out a thousand of them um it worked i all right scorn <laughs> it worked <laughs> no, back currently. i mean it's like i mean currently, currently I working but have issues i have a giant <laughs> literal spare tire around my Waste. Sarah and I exchanged text gunt text yeah gunt text like oh my god my gunt's uh, what did you I say? Said, I like, have a horror, a horror gun show today. Yeah, gunt. And I was like, oh, wait, wait for mine. And then we exchanged pictures. Yeah. And you said you had a roller coaster gun. Yeah, my gun <laughs> looked like a roller coaster. Yeah. Because it had a big up and then a down yeah. and then a kind of an up again. Oh, oh tragic. My poor husband. And I just mm. I wear my corpse outfits and my gunt. He looks like a nightmare all day. Oh, He's sticking around. He's stuck around. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he does. Scorned love kills. All right. We are getting the story of Trish. Yeah. I kind of like that. I don't know. Trish. Yeah. Trish Willoughby. Trish Willoughby. Her husband, Dan. They started out pretty normal, I would say. Uh. They got married Arizona. in the 70s, yeah. right? In like right. 79. Living in, yeah, this is kind of back. It happened yeah. in the 80s. Obviously, our crime happened in 91. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, throughout the 80s, they live in Gilbert, Arizona, which looks really nice. Mm-hmm. It's right on the edge of Phoenix, right on the edge of the desert. Um, probably, you know, really pretty. Not too crowded at that point. Then maybe, I don't know. It seems like more and more people are moving to Arizona lately. Yeah, because why would you want to live here? Well, of course. But then it burns your balls when you go outside there. It's so hot (laughs) and dry. But I'm dry, so maybe I'm meant to be there. Yeah. Yep. Now, in 1978, they were newlyweds. They moved to be closer to Trish's very tight-knit Mormon family. So Trish is a Mormon. Dan agreed to convert mm-hmm. to Mormonism. But as we'll find out, I think he just agreed one day and actually maybe didn't get what it was. He didn't really know. He maybe really didn't do it. He was raised a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's first he just tr- 
you know, really converted to Mormonism to please his wife, please her family. He seemed really to fit in, be really a pleasant, great mm-hmm. husband. They showed a family photo. They all looked super normal. I mean, cute. They had a little daughter first, right? Right. Um, Sarah Catherine. Mm-hmm. So we're going to call her Sarah Catherine because grandma is also Sarah. And she does quite and a she few interviews. Is yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Four years after that, they actually adopt a little tiny baby. They name him Hayden. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Mm-hmm. And then they adopt a 14 year old. I thought that was so sweet. That's hard to, I mean, that is hard to do. But um, what did they name her? Well, I think she came, she with, came that name. with the name. Well, Marsha. But I mean, maybe that was Marsha was the Brady Bunch, which was around the time she was born, I'm sure. And it was probably a popular name. Um, it was 1988. She was 14. Brady Bunch was way before. No, Brady Bunch was. I was born in 74, and that was the last season or second to last season of Brady Bunch. So, yeah, so she's 14. And she would have been right around the Marsha. So that maybe was cool. I don't know. But she was super pretty, cute in her picture. And we see Marsha in this episode, real Marsha as an adult. And real Sarah. Real Sarah Catherine as an Sarah adult, Car- the two daughters. Catherine, we do yeah. not see Hayden, I don't think. No. Okay. So Sarah Catherine talks about her childhood so this is their the the firstborn but not the oldest because marcia came in she talks about how they had a pool in their backyard they spent their summer swimming they seem to be like a really tight-knit family doing summer stuff having fun um really being pretty normal like pretty typical 80s family going on vacations Everything going really, really well until they hit the 12 years of marriage. And that's where people seem to say that Dan's personality began to change. He's no longer seems content with his home life, his work life, his family, his attitude is changing, his personality seems to change. Which is super weird, and he's I think angry. He's yes. flying off the handle, and his uh, reenactor looked like a terribly moody Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Standing in the shadows like they'd always have him and then he'd turn and do like some sort of a pose. I wrote Bradley Cooper-ish. Bradley Cooper with a mustache like in his really moody if he was doing a really moody movie like Bradley Cooper sometimes does really serious. Or a very a skinnier Magnum P.I. Maybe. I don't know. Mm -mm. I got full McConaughey. Yeah I can see that. So Dan's really angry. Bradley Cooper's too hot for me. I no, definitely he had a Bradley Cooperish. I couldn't. I can't. But Bradley can get weird in some of those creepy yeah, roles. He, Bradley Cooper is, I think, a yeah. weird dude, but hotter than shit. <sighs> Depending on the angle you see his I'm face. I'm sorry. I think he's really. No. Don't fight me with this. Okay. Just sometimes he turns <laughs> and you're like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm all in. (laughs) And then he turns the other way and you're like, okay. It's kind of like a weird, you got to look at him through a prism. (laughs) And then he's good. Real Marsha, we see, she starts talking about when her dad starts going fucking nuts. Yeah. All right. So she says, well, uh, he started drinking the booze. Mm -hmm. And the Mormons 
they don't they like don't to drink, drink the they booze. don't drink no booze Mm-mm. which it's got to be tough but good for you marcia says how she once went to grab his orange juice and take yeah. a swig which i'm sorry but if my family came and took a sip out of my drink i'd say that's mine how dare you that is mama's um but there's tons of booze in that vodka in that drink and i was as yeah, mine she would said be she too. would gulp yeah. it and then it was like booze. full of vodka and, Daddy, you're not supposed to. My children that. learned very yeah. young that Rory's first word was this prosecco, because <laughs> yeah. he'd want to drink. And I say, no, that's mommy's prosecco. mommy's pop or whatever yeah. they call beer. Yeah, mommy's daddy's pop yep. is a beer. He would sometimes blow off the handle, and sometimes he would kind of hide his weird temperament. But you could tell he was getting really fucking weird and moody and. Um, his frustration would boil over and yell at his family. And this just didn't seem like him at all. He started sleeping on the couch. He wasn't going to bed at the same time with Trish. They weren't talking at all. Marcia actually says she really never the whole, she was with the family. I would say two years before shit happened. happened. She does call them Danny and Trish. Yeah. But then sometimes she calls Trish mom. Right. But she always, but she calls always him called him Dan, Dan or Danny. Yes. Yeah. She does not call him dad, dad. or anything. Yeah. Which I don't blame her at the end. Right. You'll see. Correct. She describes that she has, she never saw affection between them. A hug, a kiss, or any really kind of a kind word, or right. the fact that they even liked each other. She never really saw any of that, which is strange, mm-hmm. but I don't know. What are you going to do? He would um, have this aggression drinking. That's just the beginning. But at work, he started becoming a weird fucker, too. And this blew, again, my butthole off that men could get away with this behavior in even 1988 at work. Yeah. Of course, it probably still can. He's fucking absolutely unacceptable. Don Draper in the shit totally. out of it. But he is looks nothing. Oh, like no. Don Draper. The real Dan, you'll die cuz the TV Dan at least he did seem kind of like he could be passable as kind of an attractive. As the Matthew McConaughey right. is yes. hot. Um his coworkers say that he was hitting on female coworkers. Again, in 88 was probably like, who cares, right? I mean, if women had to put up with all sorts of stuff, having these weird men be totally inappropriate to you at work. He saw himself as sort of um, like this hot stud at work that just He's women like aren't going to say no Juan. to. Yeah. yeah. And he'd talk to him at the water cooler. And then he began having several affairs with yes. the women at the office. At work. And everyone at work knew about it. Just it's like he didn't hide it no. at all. And they just figure he's going through a midlife crisis. Oh, you know, boys will be boys when they're little. And then, oh, he's just going through his midlife crisis when they're in their 40s and 50s. There's always an excuse for men to have poor behavior. It and you is just say, bullshit. oh, whatever. Um, whatever. He would slap on cheap cologne this one guy was it the guy who worked with him yeah well here's what he said yeah he would get up in the middle of afternoon go into his office splash on his cheap cologne and here i wrote it was probably sex panther from anchorman (laughs) (laughs) that one guy had sex panther it was like hidden behind his bookshelf and would like (laughs) and then they said that's straight up gasoline (laughs) so he puts on his sex panther uh-huh and did you write down what they would he would go say 
go to a meeting. Did you write down what they would call his meetings? Um, they, or he called his meetings? Everyone I, at work knows the routine. Oh, he's going to digital. Yes. That's what he said. It was a company that he like serviced or whatever, did calls for. And then he'd say, I'm going to digital. And everyone knew when he said he was going to digital that he was going to go screw some chick. He was just porking girls at hotels during digital. And he would just do that every day at his lunch hour with his sex panther on. And people just went, oh, damn. He's just being silly guy. They knew it and they didn't care. And they just let it go on because... He brought in money. He for was the a company. money maker. Can you imagine if I'm at work and I slap on some Sex Panther and just leave and go pork dudes and then come back? Um, and everyone knew about it, and that's what I was doing my whole lunch minute that I get <laughs> my one minute lunch. I go on pork dudes at digital no, and come back. Yeah, I guess they would say it's your lunch hour. Do with it what you may. But I'm no. not. A mon- I'm not a money maker, so I might get you. Yeah, they'd be like, "Ma'am, um, you, haven't you haven't done provided. anything." You know what was popular in '89 ish for men? Oh God, was Drakkar. Oh, remember Drakkar? What if he's smelling like that shit? Yeah, I just looked it up because I was Sex it, Panther Drakkar. Um, Calvin Klein won. Remember that it was for a yes. man. Or a woman. Right. It was unisex. So it smelled probably like Windex. That's what Cassie wore. Yeah. Oh, geez, Cassie. But I bet he put on Dracar or some Old Spice. Or Windex. He's spending less and less time with his family. That's because he's just having affair after affair after Mm -hmm. affair. He's looking for women. He's going out to parties, going out to bars. Um, he just thought he was this sexual machine. Again, mm-hmm. when you see the real Dan, you're going to laugh so hard that you diarrhea a little bit. You will. And so you need to put on maybe your um, depend undergarments. Yeah, you might need to. Because you'll die when you see his actual, this actual man. The, some, one of, or the narrator said his level of testosterone was high. What? No, his brain level was poop. That's what it was. <laughs> I wrote that down to a high testosterone. Why would you even say something like that? Who the fuck? Again, is, he's a dick. Let's make he's an excuse. A hardcore an asshole. Excuse. Every woman was a moving target. Right. He had high testosterone. That's what the guy said. Yeah, he can't help it. He had um, boners. No, he's all a the fucking time. pervert. What am I supposed to do with this boner? Just have a boner? Just have one? Oh. 1989 was the moment that changed the Willoughby's family's destiny forever, says the narrator. Mm. This is a quote because we'll come back to it. Yeah. And this quote is a goddamn lie, but <laughs> it said. Dan meets a seductive and beautiful woman named Yesenia. Now, Yesenia in the show is like a hot ass Selma Hayek looking. Where even fucking Liberace would have left his boyfriend (laughs) for Yesenia. Every person in that bar would have left that bar with Yesenia. Man, woman, cat, dog. Yesenia sits by you. You are in love. And in between her legs right. in no this time. This woman was hot. Hot they said, stuff. Yes. She was a young, attractive, shapely. Yes. Mexican woman. 
very flirty, very feminine. Hashtag and she blessed men. Yeah. Then no. they, after they say all this nice stuff about her, she's seductive and beautiful right. and shapely. And then they're like, she also did sexual favors for the men in the apartments that she lived in. I um, I, I wrote this down. So, okay. So if she just was a sexy woman that liked to date men, that doesn't, uh, and she maybe porked a lot of guys, that doesn't mean that you're, you're a hooker. doing sexual or, favors. Right. Yeah. But then I watched the forensic files and they said, oh, she, she actually was a, was a, sex, sex, a worker. sex worker. Sorry. So sex then I'm worker. like, oh, was she really? But then I feel like who cares? Yeah. If you looked like this Yesenia in this show, I mean, you wouldn't need to be a sex worker, but man, she would make a million dollars a night. Yeah. She was a hot bitch. Yeah. Um, but then I thought, <laughs> well, how, again... If a woman has the sexual drive of Dan, she's a whore. She's or a, correct. Yeah. Or a prostitute, yeah. as I would say. But Dan just has high testosterone. And he's just... I just thought right there explains yep. everything wrong. Like they call her out as being this slut yep. when she just has the same sexual drive as him. Yeah. But women just, again, get pissed on. What do you want from us? Do you want what do you want? Like we can't win. I don't think they know, Sarah. No. Oh. So I thought that was mean. It is mean. That's why oh. I wrote it down. And then they were like, the more men around her, the better. Like, Jesus. I mean, that was the fucking cop. That cop was yeah, a dick. I, something wasn't right with him. Mm-mm. But Yesenia met Dan. She said she liked him the very first time she saw him. To her, he represented a level of wealth and power. Which it kind of becomes obvious she is enjoying his level of wealth and power. And did you read in outside information how they met? No, I just thought I they just met at started, that bar. No, yeah, I started okay. looking up weird things about it and they she was at a bus stop and she put like a Reese's peanut butter cup. She was like unwrapping her Reese's yeah. and ate it and then she threw the wrapper on the ground. And he stopped. He was driving his Jag. Oh, Jesus. And he stopped and said, hey, <laughs> you shouldn't, don't throw that or don't litter or something and like made a joke about it. And then he's like, can I give you a ride? So he gave her a ride to the mall. It was get out of my dreams and into my, into car. my car. Come to life. It was pretty woman. It was pretty woman. Uh-huh. And then he, they exchanged numbers and then they went out for drinks. So And they had it that they met at a bar in the show but yeah at the show they yeah. went out for drinks whatever yeah. a drink yeah so yesenia is exactly now what dan was looking for just this hot sexy woman that has this high sex drive and he's in heaven so we meet dr jordan who i guess is a therapist of some type yeah she says that dan is bored with his marriage you think mm-hmm. i mean you think yep Yesenia is representing the opposite of everything that Trish represents. Really? Is that so? Is that so? That is so. Oh, my goodness. He's unhappy with kind of his boring domestic life with Trish. And Yesenia mentions Yesenia is this exotic, sexy woman with this sexy accent and she wears mini skirts and stilettos yeah is what um the daughter marcia says my mom didn't dress like that yep she's like that's not what my mom wore no and yesenia 
liked really nice things. So she obviously sees this jaguar and she's like, yep. And he's like, yep. And then they both were liking yes. stuff about each other. Yeah. And it was not, they both were right. They say Dr. Jordan says right away. They were both two opportunists. Yes. Driven by hedonism, driven by just their addiction to this sexual thrill. They're getting right. off of each other. And that's just feeding and feeding and building right. every time they're together and creating kind of this monster really yes. of a relationship dan she said is is ignited insatiable and yesenia can tell that he is just hooked on her yeah and she is just trying to she is getting everything getting she wants the power yeah. right she yeah. wants this he'll buy it for her. she wants this he'll buy it for her. she wants mm-hmm. an apartment he'll get it for her. she wants a car he'll get it for her. she has he's buying her clothes he's buying her shoes he's taking her out to eat he's taking her on vacation all of this stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. And all the while, Trish has no fucking idea at all. Because she's busy working her business. Yes. Which she, which we'll get to that she kills it yeah. in this business. Dan doesn't even take two seconds to ask Yesenia about her background, her past. She's revealing ex- very little personal information, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care where she's from. He doesn't care what she's doing. I guess it said she worked in the Valley a little bit. She was a Clark clerk at a department store. Um, But she really liked the finer things in life. She liked a lot of perfume, jewelry, but he knows nothing really about her past. He doesn't care at all. Two shits. He's falling for her deeper and deeper. She is just seducing him like crazy and they just said it was never the same. It's an obsession. This kind of getting out of control. So 1990, this again, family man, Dan Willoughby. Family man, Dan. Trish. Meanwhile, he's leading the second life of being this happy church going couple with Trish with their three kids. He's though on the side cheating on her with, Yesenia, as they describe as a sultry Mexican vixen. Mm. Yesenia is a lot younger than him. Dan is old. I mean, Dan wasn't that old. I mean, for, or 40s maybe, but he looks, you, when you see the picture of him, you're like, good God. <laughs> what in the hell? Dan and Yesenia are spending more and more time together. This blew my butthole off again. Dan and Yesenia join a health club in their town as a couple. Together. She joins as Mrs. Willoughby and they go every day to this health club. He and his mistress, the people in the town don't know it's not Trish. That's insane. How did they not realize that that's Dan? Not Dan's wife. They... He's been they've been going to church together, going about town as a family, Dan and Trish for twelve years in this town, and all of a sudden he's in a health club with Yesenia? Well, we know too that people did know what was going on, we find out later, right? Right. But no one's yeah. saying anything, and no one clearly is saying anything to Trish because she had no idea at all. And I mean, 
the last thing I'd want to do if I was having an affair is join a health club and go work out with that guy. But I don't know. Maybe people like that kind of a thing to work out. I don't know. Good God. I mean, they're not even trying to hide it. They went on vacation. I mean, together. All of this stuff. I mean, just completely weird. The couple, the narrator says, seem to enjoy all the attention they're getting because it says they're two very attractive, vivacious people. Again, Gilbert, there, there's some glaucoma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a plague of glaucoma. Right. Um, some the sort town of, of Gilbert an epidemic. has a sighted issue. When you when we get to the end and describe the real characters in their look, again, this town was mm. blinded by an eclipse, maybe? <laughs> or there's a haze that kind of puts a fog it on the lens. It could be a heat haze. A heat haze perhaps. really gives kind of a glossy sheen just, to your face. Yeah. Where you're not just, seeing the real look. The lens over... Vaseline on the lens. Yeah. 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 A whole, t- like a jumbo Vaseline that my <laughs> husband has next to his computer. <laughs> Jamie's jumbo Vaseline. That's what is in Gilbert, Arizona. <laughs> definitely oh my god these two assholes go shopping all the time dan is spending a shit ton (laughs) of yesenia on yesenia buying her whatever she wants and he is getting all the sex he wants and he is putting it on his expense account at work at work so he can't ever no. So this bitch. Well, gets, can, I can't even believe that people get expense accounts. Like, of course not. I don't at the deodorant f- testing facility. We get um, a penny if we find it in the shitter. Correct. That's what we get. Okay, we I found a penny on the toilet. That is nothing. what I get to spend. We have to pay for the deodorant that we put Ourself. on our armpits to test. That is how piss poor right. our country. Our, our, our country, country's well, deodorant for te- yeah, testing Yeah, that's how our country treats our deodorant testing is facilities. Is run. Yeah. And Where the deodorant testers have to pay for the own we deodorant. We have to pay for our own deodorant. Yes. Out of our large salary, and when I say yacht large, I mean tiny. It's very small. Very small. That's why I have to wear corpse clothes. This, that's enough. <laughs> You have enough money to go to Disney World. You can buy some fucking clothes. I suppose. You have a point. Enough said. Moving on. Yesenia's on the expense expense account. And he gets called his ass finally after years of going to wherever. Jumbotron. Digital. Or digital. Jumbotron. Digital with his boners at work. And spending on... A uh, mistress no on his one expense gives a account shit for years, and all of a so sudden, his boss says, "What's all this lingerie on our expense account? What's all this boner cream yeah. on our expense account? All this stuff." Um, Dan, of course, can't explain it, and he gets fired. 
Okay. So that's a huge blow to his ego because Dan thinks he can, he's such a hot stud at work. He can do whatever he wants. And he realizes he got fired into a narcissist. That's mm-hmm. a crushing blow. Yeah. They can't even believe it. So this dick pulls a John List and fakes going to work every day oh, still. Still kept getting up. Think of how insane you are. If you get fired and you still get up and go pretend to go to work a day after day after day, day after it. day. How insane is that? A ton of people do it. What in the hell's wrong with you? I know a real life person who did it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Did I do that? No. No. Okay. No, nope, it wasn't you. All right. Dan has no job, but every day, like I said, he's just pretending to go somewhere all day, go to work, so his family has no idea. Trish, meanwhile, has a company with her mom, who is Grandma Thera. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know what their company is. It's weird vitamins. I looked, I tried to find out what it was. So, um... Trish, it was a vitamin supplement distribution business. So they didn't necessarily they were mailing the vitamins. vitamins. Yeah. They were just distributing them right. to other places. And it's growing and growing and growing and growing. And she realizes all of a sudden that she's making thousands, figures, if not yeah. millions of dollars. Yeah. It completely takes off and triples and quadruples pretty quickly. So Trish is so busy in this business with her mother, she's really not even paying attention to whatever the fuck Dan is doing. Meanwhile, Yesenia, it said, loves unemployed Dan because while he's pretending to go to work, he's just going to her apartment and having sex with her all day. Right. And... Though he's starting to realize she's getting antsy, so he's got to start spending money on her again. So he just starts taking credit cards from Trish and spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on Yesenia on Trish's credit cards. Which, what a dick! Mm-hmm. And then she's not noticing at all because she's growing this huge company, actually. It's, like I said, it's right. doubling, tripling profits while dan is spending and spending and spending trish finally takes a minute to look at her bills and discovers that oh uh we're thousands of dollars in debt dan what if says dan calls him on it what have you been spending all this money on he lies he well he tells her finally that he lost his job mm-hmm. and what am I supposed to buy groceries with? I've been just buying groceries with it and paying our bills. Can't she look at the bill and see that it's not going to groceries? Right. It's going to apartments and lingerie Again, and chocolates and jewelry. She too yes. smeared a lot of the Vaseline on her eyes. She did. She didn't want to see it. Did not. I don't know why, because he is a piece of poop. I think and she is becoming this badass businesswoman and she holds all the cards now and she is still giving this crap chance. She gives him another chance. He's been stealing money from her and she's just like she has to know like what the bill itemized bill says. It's not groceries for Christ's sake unless the groceries involve you know cock rings. (laughs) I hope not. No, they were Mormon. Well, I mean. It says that, here's what I found. TNT was their business. 
like Thera and oh. Trish. Oh, that's cute. Um, they used to, first of all, Thera st- sold doors, bra to bra, bras door to door. <laughs> no. Someone sold, selling bras door to door was a thing. I just said doors, bra to bra, but I meant bras door to door. And um, you mean you knock on the door and a woman answers and you have a whole like, did she have a trench coat, like opened it up and there's bras running down each side of the trench coat? I I don't know. Did she have a briefcase of bras that would come out? I don't know. And then does the woman try them on right there? How do you buy bras door to door? This is absolutely blowing my mind. You would buy a bra from a bra salesman going door to door? That was a thing? Apparently they did, but... um, Maybe they're nice. Then it was a company called Matol, like M-A-T-O-L. And I think it's kind of, you know, um, in... A lot of Mormon company or a lot of multi-level marketing yes. companies are Mormon based. I think it looks like just as oh, I'm quickly I, yeah. glancing at this, that that's kind of how they got into it. And then kind of took off from there. That's how it took off. Yeah. Dan now is caught. He realizes that, okay, my spending on Yesenia, he, she's not really, Trish does not really seem to understand yet that there is a Yesenia, but she's getting close. She catches on to his spending. He needs to keep spending, though, because Yesenia is going to dump him if he can't keep buying her tons of stuff. She's not going to stay with him if she's not getting stuff. He is at least aware enough to know She's not. She's going to stop having sex with them if he can't yeah. buy her stuff constantly. Right. That's part of their game. Trish obviously is not going to be given the money if she finds out he's having an affair. She's going to divorce him and dump him, and then he's going to have nothing. So he's kind of in a bind here. Um, he can't really lose his wife because that's his money source to keep Yesenia that he really wants. He tells his wife that he's learning Spanish, and he has this mm-hmm. really great tutor named Yesenia. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to go see Yusinia and learn Spanish and that they should probably take this TNT business, whatever it is, and bring it to Mexico and have a satellite division across yep. the border. Yeah. And he can run it. He'll run the business in Mexico and she could be up here running the business and he'll speak Spanish and he and Yusinia can run the business in Mexico. Trish and her mother say, Fuck you, Dan. And Trish and her mother literally signed papers to make sure Dan is never a part of the business, that Dan has no say in the business, that Dan doesn't get any part of the business if something happens to Trish or to Thera. His name is not allowed to be on it. I mean, they literally, I think, went and set up a corporation with laws that Dan can have no part of it. So she kicks him in the balls hard when he tries to yep. weasel into this business. And the, But fuck yeah. yeah. Of course. Do it, Trish. The narrator says this is a crushing blow to Dan mm-hmm. because now he has no access to money. Yep. He's banned from the family business. He's realizing his, his wife thinks he's a buffoon because he is. Um, and he's still super horny for Yesenia, and he realizes he's going to lose her. So he's going completely insane at yeah. this point. That therapist lady is just saying, like, this weird desire is building and building that's totally 
overriding his sense. And I don't think he had any sense. Like he's not thinking logically. He's thinking with his wang and not his poop brain. Then he does one of the dumbest things ever. Or the dumbest, most horrible thing a dad. Well, not the most horrible thing. He's he does done some as a dad. other horrible things as this a dad. This is probably later. second yeah. most horrible yep. thing he's done as a dad. He brings his two daughters, fifteen-year-old Marsha and little Sarah Catherine, over to meet his Spanish teacher Yesenia to her apartment so they can be friends. Marsha is a street savvy fifteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. She was adopted at fourteen. She's seen things. Mm-hmm. She knows she can see right through a person probably in two seconds. So Marsha gets to Yesenia's apartment and right away is like, this is a weird relationship. Something's weird here. This is fucked up. Like, what is going on? She notices that Dan and Yesenia are holding hands are sitting close together. And that's what she says again. Like, he doesn't act like that with my mom. Mm -hmm. He's acting really too close with Yesenia, like touching her and friendly. And she's mm-hmm. picking up on all these little clues that they probably don't even realize they're giving off. Sarah is just, you know, still too young and doesn't even yeah. care. And just said, she seemed nice, you know, whatever. Um, but there is a definite affection that Marsha is picking up. So when they're Marsha, yeah. Nancy drews the oh, shit out of so things smart. now. Yeah. So smart. So what does she do when they're, they're, uh, Acting, I know they're going, Hola, hola, right? And so she's like, I have to go to the bathroom, right? And she starts sneaking around the apartment. And um, she sees that in she looks in Yesenia's closet and sees that her dad has clothes there, yeah. Um, his stinky ass cologne, Sex Panther, Sex Panther slash Dracar Noir, yeah, was in the bathroom. And then he found she also found cards that he had written to Yesenia part in Spanish. Weird. And she said she knew that it was his handwriting because he slanted his letters the wrong way, like he was left-handed. Which I feel like is a sign of a sociopath. But he's not left-handed, and so she's like, of course so, those, those are my dad." How do you even do that as a righty slant? Like, um, you just, what the hell's wrong with your wrist? No, you're slanting it this way, right? Well, you're writing, but instead of going no no i feel like it's like this or don't or the left slant to the right they go like this they go like this no i feel like give me a piece of paper i i don't even have one god damn it okay i feel like it's you can't do that with your wrist like what a weirdo that's a give me a sociopath okay try it it. yeah okay so marcia right away is like duh he's having an affair with her she knows instantly because she's super smart and she goes home to her mom trish and tells her right away like dad's totally sleeping with this dumbass yesenia his stuff's at her house he's writing her love letters he's having an affair i saw his dracar yeah and his stinky ass clothes and whatever are there trish right away then goes to dan no i feel like it's that's the wrong way this is the right way. Oh. That's the wrong way. Okay. It's weird though, right? Um, Trish confronts Dan about the affair. Of course he denies. He blames it on Marsha and gaslights Marsha. You didn't see what you really saw. That's not what really happened. She's just Daddy's such an you know, abusive such a dick. Prick. But Marsha is like, 
I know what I saw, Dick. I know yeah. what I saw. That's you're lying. She stands firm, totally. Now Trish is not satisfied with Dan's explanation of this, and is super pissed and goes to Yesenia's apartment and screams at Yesenia pretty much. You know, you're having an affair with my husband. Stay away from him. You suck. Yesenia just says, oh, my God, you got it all wrong. I'm just his Spanish teacher. There's nothing between us. She denies the whole thing and just says, you know, it's not what you think, whatever, um, and tries to cover it up. But Trish completely doesn't believe her at all and is super pissed. Trish goes back home and says she's no dumb dumb she wants to divorce dan and she's going to start making plans to divorce him dan of course freaks out trish puts a freeze on his finances yep. even she's just pissed at him she realizes now that's what he's been spending money on is yesenia um he's she's working building this business paying their family bills by he's stealing money from her and paying for his mistress so she loses it she's pissed she has all the paperwork drawn up for a divorce and then she just turns shit-brained she kind of does and she also uh was also waiting until the first of the year or something Probably for taxes or something, yeah. which I probably would do too with my taxes. Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> That's a scream sneeze. And uh, Gary would be editing that out, but his balls Gary, are still yeah. a little bit swollen. <laughs> the stitches did come out, though. Oh right. my gosh, you guys. Excuse me. That was a tear. I have terrible scream sneeze. Well, the allergies here are terrible. It's, it's my whole sinuses are clogged, so I can't even speak right i think i caught something in las Maybe vegas you did it's called gonorrhea <laughs> <laughs> from the toilet seat <laughs> um yeah so she was waiting for a while or whatever right and um dan, that was her mistake dan just feels like obviously he needs trish because he needs money but he needs yesenia but to have her he needs money so it's right. like he needs both of the women. Right. So Dan, to get money from Trish without having Trish, as you can imagine, you guessed what his plan is to have. Mm-hmm. Um, insurance. Mm-hmm. So what happens is Dan goes to Trish and says, Hey, hun, <laughs> let's take a family vacation to Mexico. And she's like, no, I don't really feel like that's a good idea. But then in the back of her head, she's thinking, but I have this family. I'm religious. I have this business. I'll give it one more shot. She gives it one more shot. Trish. Trish. You have the divorce papers written up. He is stealing from you. He has a mistress. You confronted her. God you understand damn. all of this. Dump this butthole. But no, she goes to Mexico with him. So mm-hmm. what Dan had planned was to take Trish to Mexico because he figured the Mexican government is too dumb 
to look into a murder if he were to kill Trish for her insurance mm-hmm. money in Mexico. It's going to be all confusing because he's really from the United States. And so the United States won't get involved because it happened in Mexico. And Mexico is just not even going to give two shits and they won't do it. So he thought this is going to be the perfect crime. This is a great place. Yeah, just a great plan. So they... Dan and Yesenia go first to Mexico like two weeks before, find a little tiny uh, resort with a little house, stake it all out, plan the entire murder together. We're having some Mexican vacation. Trish, again, you have to know he's gone somewhere for a weekend. You have... You know you're planning your Mexican vacation with your husband while he's there in Mexico with his mistress. Mm-hmm. And he's planning your murder. And you still go? Oh, Trish. I think she also thought, like, well, we're bringing the kids, right? Right. So- well, you don't assume you're going to, you know, have something go wrong. And she probably thought her kids would like it. She can Maybe, just go and yeah. watch them because he's a creep. Yeah. I'll watch my kids. He's disgusting. They'll have fun. Trish is, of course, very suspicious. She knows Dan is cheating. She decided to give the marriage another try. They go to vacation in February 1991. They have this cute little, I guess, beach condo house type thing. It's like a, actually, it's like a little house in this resort. Right in this little town, I guess it's Puerto Puerto Penasco, Penasco, or something. Penasco. Yeah. It's called um, Rocky Point. Yeah, Rocky Point. I can't really, obviously, as you can tell, it's in Baja, California, little tiny village. So it seemed really kind of cute. They're having fun. They're doing all this family shit all the time. The kids are going around. They showed like some pictures. I guess in the forensic files, they showed cute pictures of the kids at the beach and kids going mm-hmm. to this and that. Um, then one day Dan takes the kids and says, get in the car. Let's go to the, whatever they went to some museum or whatever. But mom has a headache. She's going to stay at home. So the kids are in the car and Dan just says, whatever, he forgot something or whatever. The kids are waiting in the car. Dan goes back in the house and Marsha being the smart person she is, she realized he's been in the house for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes or whatever. And she's like, well, what the hell is he doing? So I think she gets out to go to the bathroom or something. She goes back up to the house. Marsha, again, the older one, tries to get into the house and realizes the door is locked. And she thinks, well, that's weird. He just went in. Why would he lock the door? Like we're in mom's in there or whatever. And, she thought, you know, the it doesn't automatically lock. So, I mean, he must have locked it. She even said there's weird locks there. So I, I don't know what's going on. Dad, Dan, comes to the door and she says he was tucking in a shirt, but it was a different shirt. Yeah, he's wearing and different clothes. And she noticed clothes. that. How yeah. weird that was. Why is he changing his clothes? And then he tells her, I'll be out in a minute. Closes the door on her again. And so she just goes back to the van, waits and waits again. He comes back out. They go around and go to their museum or whatever it is um, and come back home. Dan tells the kids, this is where Thera Catherine says, she says the whole day she felt like something. This is the little girl. I felt like something was weird. Yeah. I kept wanting to get back to the house. I didn't know what it was, but I kept thinking we have to get back home. We have to get back home. We have to get back home to the house, like the condo. When they get back from their outing with their dad, Dan tells the three kids to go in ahead of him 
So the door obviously then is unlocked or it gives him the key. Kids, go inside. Find your mother. I'll be right in. So they go inside. What and a f- fucking psycho. I mean, this is a, a complete, mm-hmm. undescribable human being. Mm-hmm. Evil. Thera Catherine describes going in going to the, where their mom is to tell her all about their day at their museum or SeaWorld thing, whatever they went to in Mexico. And she t- describes walking in and th- saying that her mom looks, my mom looks strange. There was a towel wrapped around her head and it was a all red. red towel. And that's all she remembered. And then she left and went out. And I don't think Marsha even went in there. Um, she said Thera came out, was shaking, and then she said, mom's not breathing and there's a red towel around her head. And Thera then describes like things just moving in slow motion. And then all of a sudden, Marsha just saying, you know, yelling, we need an ambulance. We need an ambulance. And of course, Dan, she said, created this long delay calling for an ambulance and all of this yeah. shit. Things just weren't moving very fast. Right. The police come and realize, as they describe it, that it was a particularly violent death. Mm-hmm. So Trish was dead in her bed. What the red towel was, is obviously like a red towel placed on her head, completely soaked in blood. She had been bludgeoned repeatedly to her face. She had large bruises all over her cheeks, cuts on her face, cuts on her heads, impact wounds. And they decided that the weapon, this in the forensic files describes a little bit more detail, actually surprisingly than this. But in the end, the weapon was a homemade mace, not mace the spray, but like the middle, middle ages times big ass metal ball with spikes on a chain on a stick mace they made a like knight in shining armor swinging metal ball mace and beat the shit out of her head with a mace and a butter knife was stuck and a literal not steak knife butter knife was in her temple but she didn't die right away that's why the towel was around her head she was still alive survived went to try to get herself crawled to the bathroom or something to get a towel to wrap around her head yes to stop the bleeding she was taken to the hospital and died several hours later at the hospital but she survived all of that oh my was God. sitting there dying all day in bed can you even imagine the torture that woman went through no i i can't even and then her Disgusting. kids having to see that yep but Marsha, it was Thera grandmother telling the story. Mm -hmm. Again, this is her daughter that was killed. She said all that Dan was doing that Marsha remembered, Dan went, took the earrings out of dying Trisha's head as she's laying there and the police are there, brings, takes her necklace off, dying Trish, brings it to Marsha, puts them in Marsha's hands and said, here, you can have these are your mother's. Now she's dead. She still wasn't dead. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Can you imagine Marsha sitting there in shock? Her dad puts the dripping, bloody, wet earrings off her dying mother in her hand and says, you can have these now. She's dead. Oh and that's God. the only comfort. That's the only words he says to you. 
and then Thera grandma thought it was like a bribe you know what uh-huh. he knew Marsha knew yeah and here's a bribe you think she would want earrings and not taught and that would convince her he's so sick this is a, a complete gross disgusting horrible man yeah I, I just it, in shock at how awful this was oh my gosh so he knew Marsha right away knew this he knew Marsha's gonna be trouble mm-hmm. and he thought he could bribe her with that Trish again is pronounced dead a few hours later at the hospital 12 hours later she actually survived still god I mean you have a butter knife through your head you were beaten with a medieval mm-hmm. mace I, I can't even. Dan, then, when she dies, calls back home to Arizona, tells her mom, Thera, the news. Thera, right away, knew Dan did it. Mm-hmm. And just, she said, when I hung up the phone, I knew he did it. I knew he was guilty. The whole town knew he was guilty. So when the police get word back home in their town, people are calling in over and over and over, calling and saying, okay. Dan's been having this affair with this woman. They've been all over town. Uh, they're saying that this, her name's Yesenia, giving her up. So the Arizona police go back to Mexico because the Mexican police really had just pretty much said they had no clues or whatever and were kind of done. But the Arizona police decide to go back. They find footsteps that are high heel footsteps in the sand they found tiny. Li- little yeah, tiny little, little tiny feet. feet but i don't think really tiny when, um <laughs> lipstick on a cigarette so they're like okay a woman a was weed. here and it was like a joint yeah it was a joint and but a weed yeah but a weed <laughs> i couldn't think of the right yeah. thing to say yeah and they didn't find any fingerprints i think on any at that weapon. time yeah no the su- suspicion towards Dan is mounting and mounting. And again, the calls keep coming in. There's enough circumstantial evidence to maybe suggest that Dan had done it, but they really don't have any real evidence. He's pretending to be this, you know, wholesome family man. They question Dan. Um, they're understanding that he had an affair, but. Well, yeah, because everyone in the town started calling. The yeah. cop said um, we would have anonymous and not anonymous people saying he I can't believe he finally did it Right, because he was going to the gym every day with her. And um, he had gotten his picture. I read in some other articles like they had gone and gotten an engagement picture taken. Yes. I yeah. saw the picture. Yes. We will show you yeah. the picture. It, the so it decide, wasn't a surprise. Yeah. yeah the everyone knew. Decide they need to talk to Yesenia. She's going to be at the center of all of this. They track her to the airport Hilton. Mm-hmm. She was literally booked under a flight to Germany. Yep. And they caught her before she left the country to Germany. They take her in. They look through her shit. And for some reason, she has Trish's wedding ring. Oh, my God. But that's not enough for the cops, I guess, that this woman would have her wedding rings. Again, that's not enough information. It isn't. They look, they start asking her questions, and she really is kind of truthful that, yeah, she's having an affair with Dan, whatever. They say, can we look through your purse? She said, sure, fine, look through my purse. They find a social security card that says Alfredo Patino 
And they're looking and her name is Yesenia Patino. So they're wondering, well, who's this guy's card that you have? It's a relative, your brother? So the investigators say, well, who's in Alfredo Patino? Yesenia says, that was me before the corrective surgery. Now the police, the actual police officer is there and he goes, I went, oh. <laughs> And then he says, it didn't dawn on me for a while, but now I realize we're talking about a transgender surgery here. Yeah. He, Yesenia is he Alfredo. Was, he was late to the party there, but he got yes. it. What they find out is that Yesenia was known as Alfredo Patino in Mexico and it had trans gender surgery reassignment about right. what six or seven years previously yes yeah, so it would have been in the early 80s yes. he she when she presented as a man had come to the united states like young as a young very young person like a six-year-old yes. or something um and so then and he had also been sort of like a petty theft thief it right. looked like yeah because they had some the other picture that i've seen of alfredo her when she was alfredo was like a mugshot, mugshot. yes there was so crime involved a lot yeah for just like some petty things but then and had as had yesenia i think was another mugshot for the yeah, sex working yes yeah now as we said earlier the reenactment Yusinia looked very much like a very sexy Selma Hayek, literally, like really sexy woman, where if this woman walked up to you, you would say, yeah, sure. I mean, I could I'll give it a half an hour, you know, <laughs> no matter what your orientation, you're going to say yes to this Yusinia. So you can understand that if she even gave the time of day to a douchebag like Dan, he's hooked minute one. Yeah. Right? Because this was the sexiest thing you've seen. Now, actual Yusinia. Now, I understand and believe 100% a transgender woman is a woman. I mean, come on. We need more women. More men should become women. <laughs> come to our woman's side. A transgender woman is a woman. All right. Correct. That's yeah. Absolutely. One hundred percent. But the casting director was not truthful. No. Real Yesenia was not a sexy bombshell. Real Yesenia was a handsome woman, <laughs> an extremely handsome woman, and I've called. You know, women, handsome women. Yesenia was a handsome woman. She... Where there is not one second you would think this is a very feminine woman. You'd probably think it's a woman, but you're going to say this is a handsome woman. She had a nice body. Um, she. There's a swimsuit picture. Yes. Well yeah, posed. She's fit. She was yeah. very fit. She fucking worked out with him every yes. day. He paid for her gym membership. But she. Okay. First off, I'm going to her, her hair was the a hair. problem. I said the, the hair, hair was the a wig or the hairdo had nom flashbacks. This wig hairdo was in nom and saw very <laughs> horrific fighting. This wig lived through the Amityville <laughs> Horror House. 
<laughs> this wig hairdo went through the portal to hell. Was in that movie Event Horizon. It's a horror movie. <laughs> went through the portal to hell. This wig hairdo came out of the portal to hell. Wrestled <laughs> under the giant for a few rounds. Was in Nam, like I said. <laughs> this wig hairdo was the absolute roughest thing. This wig hairdo was definitely, definitely off of a corpse. There is no way this Porter to Hell wig hairdo was supposed to look like this. Absolutely horrifying. This is not how a woman wears her hair. Well, I mean, I think it just was unkempt. It it was odd. It was odd. It was an odd but then she style. cut it and it looked cuter later, I think. Later did. And it looks cuter, not But cute. I did find an early picture of Yasinia and it was not attractive then when she just had the straight bang. Well, she had a mo from the three stooges she bangs. She had a bang. She just didn't very, really know how to do her hair that well. She had well. a strong bang. She was learning. She was learning um, to do her hair. And by the end, Marcia, it, but she, it other was cuter. people said, yeah, Marsha, even the daughter was like, she fooled me. She could walk no one, in heels right. like nobody I'd ever seen. Right. No one hmm. saw through it. But then you see a picture and you see through it in two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the handsome. Is that because we only see the picture after we know? Maybe because we know. But she's had corrective surgery. She was also a grifter of the highest ability Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. She was a great grifter. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like if if you've had... Okay, this is 88. So she probably had a corrective surgery... Maybe eighty. I think or like eighty two or eighty one or eighty two. Yeah. And I bet this. I mean, surgeons can work magic. Some are artists, but I feel like corrective surgery has come a long way in reassignment surgery. And maybe in eighty one or eighty two, it wasn't as perfected as maybe it is now. That Dan maybe might have noticed something down there. I don't know. I sort have of you did ever a, Googled? I what Google, it looked like. I did a Google. Does it look? Um, I mean, I feel like it. Yeah, me... it does look. But now I think it but does. Now it does look real. Um, what but I is feel real? Like then... But I don't know. But th- I, what I actually looked up is because we were like, "How good could the surgery?" Did you have look been? up? So I looked penis up penis to vag on your work computer. I looked up when did sex reassignment surgeries begin? And they began in the ner- early 1900s. And then there was a lot of progress made in Germany. Um, and but Sweden of course, or Nor- and Well, the, in there? Norway after, but before World War yeah. II in Germany, there was this really, um, he was kind of a, a doctor that kind of took the perspective that we did now, that we do now that it's not like a, something that needs to be fixed, like that he really believed that they felt like they were women and they needed to be women instead of saying like, you're crazy, go to a mental institution, you know? Um, And so they were doing, he was doing surgeries, but then the Nazis came to power and then they shut everything down, obviously. And so then in the seventies and eighties, yeah. Like the first big famous one was the American who had to go to like Norway right. or Sweden sh- to yes. get her that was I remember a surgery back yeah time and then it started to be more but there were doctors around who were doing it it just 
um, it couldn't has be that always been common. such a taboo yeah. subject that it right. was kind of a quiet thing that which happened, is too bad. But, um, but I mean, there, it had been happening for decades, yeah. I guess, by the eighties. So maybe I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously they had. I mean, obviously sexual chemistry that. Well, didn't Bruce Jenner say he was taking hormones when he met? Yes, the mom, Chris, 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 and that but was he in didn't the, get his. Yeah, was that in the eighties? The late eighties, be because Kendall or whatever is almost thirty, right? Yeah, in her thirties now. And so, but then he didn't have a surgery didn't though do it until, until later. Well, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe in the eighties, people were. Yeah. I suppose. A, I mean, Yesenia did it. She was rocking it. Well, definitely. Yeah. Oh my God. She had Danny in the palm of her freaking she hand. She sure did. Oh my God. So they need more hardcore evidence, though, to really get these two. So they go back again, and now they find a Coke bottle that was in the kitchen, and Yesenia's fingerprint is on the Coke bottle. So now they actually have proof that Yesenia was in the room, just they don't have proof that she had anything to do with the murder. They just know she was in the condo where Trish was killed. That's the real only piece of physical evidence they have. They go to arrest Yesenia and Yesenia is completely gone and she disappears for 38 weeks. Mm-hmm. They're looking for her and tracking her down. They finally track her down to me- in Mexico in Mazatlan. Mm-hmm. Um, She's she just was working, working at a bar. Yeah. Like, hey. Oh, having the time of yeah. her life. She I'm even sure. said it was fun working yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, they sh- like she was um, super okay. charming in yeah. the police interviews, and this is where she had her shorter hair, and I think she finally found a haircut <laughs> that looked good. Yes, um, Yesenia. She then pretty much spills the whole story. Mm-hmm. She just says, "Oh yeah, Dan killed Trish and uh, wanted the her insurance so that he could pay for everything." And she had the whole plan: one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of insurance on one policy, and then she had several on others for like one hundred and fifty thousand and two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, he would have made it out. was a lot of money. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Says so the whole thing that Dan's plan was he's going to take the kids out, but then he went back in the house. He killed Trish with the mace. Marsha comes to the door. His shirt was all bloody because he killed her and splattered blood all over his shirt, changed his shirt, went back, realized Trish was still alive, um, hit her some more times, left with the kids. Yusinia went in to rob her and take mm-hmm. her stuff from wedding her purse, yep. take her wedding rings. And then what they said in the forensic files, I don't know if it's this yes. one, that Trish was the one that stabbed her then with the butter knife all over that and stuck Yesenia. it in her head. Yusinia. I mean, not Trish, yeah. Yusinia stabbed trish because she felt bad she thought it was like a mercy killing and right because she could hear her still alive and moaning but why did she use a butter knife and not like a knife knife it's just fucking dumb i don't know well my god that was stupid now yusinia is still a mexican citizen she is not a u.s citizen so she's detained by the mexican police she's not allowed allowed at all to return to the u.s dan willoughby is finally arrested in december so the crime happened in February. So it took like that whole year. He's charged with the murder of his wife, Trish. And Dan, they were saying, was actually still all this time more concerned with his public appearance. Mm-hmm. You know, he 
he was more like, what would the arrest look like on him or whatever? And what would it look like that he was having sex with a transvestite? Like some, or what are the, yeah. What? A was- trans gendered person right like that's what they said well that's what they were calling it they did call it then um i'm having trouble with my language because i'm like now i'm just thinking when i said bruce jenner i should have said caitlin jenner he was bruce when he was bruce yes and but caitlin now caitlin was taking hormones when yes she met well and i mean he knew or chris knew knew. caitlin see it's hard to talk about it because in the past i don't know what like when he was when she caitlin was was a little boy was caitlin a boy. said she yes. knew she right knew. away yes um and that was part of her drive to be such a right amazing athlete as bruce to kind of force those thoughts out but yeah. they don't go anywhere because no, that's really how you feel are. but just like yusinia and Caitlin, you can be a transgender woman. And again, like I said, you're totally a woman, but you still be an asshole dick because Caitlyn Jenner is an asshole dick. And so is Yesenia. <laughs> they both can go fuck themselves. But both of you are women 100%. And I support you in that. But you're both assholes. Dicks. Did you hear that, Caitlyn? Yes, Caitlyn Jenner sucks so bad. God. Anyway, but I. I support you and <laughs> but any dickhead woman comments. in your transition. Welcome to the women's <laughs> side. We want you here <laughs> with us during court. Now, when Dan, Dan acts like he had no idea Yusinia was a transgender woman. Right. But I mean, I mean, I guess she would have never said anything, but she was so free to talk about it. So, I don't know. No, maybe he really I don't didn't. Know. I yeah. think he was shocked. They said yeah. the weird cop said when Yesenia told everyone she had been a man that that Dan was like, what? And was visibly Blanched. affected yeah, by the by the news. But um, he was still very concerned with his public appearance, even of though course. he it wore fucking transition lenses and his hot glasses and his sex panther cologne to court he wore him to court every day this fool and then when you see dan's picture dan looks like your typical run-of-the-mill buffoon piece of shit fool ugly (laughs) yes a big bloated pig that you won't even give the time of day you can tell in the one picture of Dan and Yesenia when they're in their swimsuits, like you could tell that he had been working out at the gym. Yeah. I noticed that maybe that time that he spent with Yesenia did his body a little good. But by the time the shit went down, he looked like a washed up 70s porn star, he even though it was like a 70s child molester. Yeah. Yeah, so his glasses were child rapist blue blockers. They were transitions. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's be real. They kidnap van glasses were half gray and half clear. Absolutely foul because the courtroom lights were were tinting them just a bit too much. Now what? Now Eusinia was guilty. She testified against him. So they actually flew her from Mexico to 
um, Arizona, she testified against him and she told the truth and said, like, what happened? This was the plan. And he was convicted uh, to death at first. And then that changed. Yes. Uh, She was then tried in Mexico and was also convicted. I think got 25 or 35 years. years. Yes. So she got 35 years in Mexico. She is out though now, I think. Dan got his uh, conviction appealed and they went back to a new trial, but he still got convicted. Yesenia came again and testified and he still got convicted. Told the same story. Yeah. And... There's a lot of drama about right. what happened. Cause there was like a back and forth where you see yeah. changed your story and then changed it back. And then yeah. the, that kind of the forensic files goes into a little bit more. But still, they both ended up convicted of murder. Yes. And he got a life sentence. So. Yeah. He sucks bad. And she sucks bad. She sucks too. Um, they both suck it's, ass. What a weird story. Just poor Trish. Those poor children now that don't have any parents Mm-mm. and had this trauma poor grandma Thera who lost her daughter in such a horrific way um it's such a terrible story but you can also watch like i said the forensic files or the scorned um the forensic files i think casts a little better a little better the scorned really uh throws you for a loop on the casting because handsome was the real story right, right. and what they casted with was sexy that was not the case oh it's just still sad sad and terrible and then what this man did to his poor kids i just feel for those children well he yeah and he couldn't even pay for the divorce because trish had all the money no goddamn money she had all the money fucking loser he spent it all on eustinia oh and her swimsuits yes and her high heels Mm -hmm. how many do you need you just need one pair just get beige (laughs) <laughs> get a tan they'll go with everything will they tan pumps like i think the so 80s. yeah some nude pumps yeah, yeah. Nude pumps that's all you need and some yeah. legs Those yes it, that come in the egg that come in the egg that's all yep. you need what else would you need in the 80s legs and your tan pumps that's it anyway that is our episode for you today we hope you enjoyed it and it's bonkersness um if you liked that, you can join, like we said, our Patreon and get extra episodes or join us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group that's pretty kicking. <laughs> and we have Twitter, we Instagram, all of that yes, stuff you can follow. We, we love like to, to hear interact. from you. Yeah. If you could give us a review or a rating, we would love that. That helps us the most. And it is free. You can just do that for us. We would love it. We'd love to hear from you, too. Um, until next time, just uh, pay for the divorce. Pay for it. Good God. God All right. Damn it. Bye. 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 bye.